1: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
2: We've got our take is loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. boys are Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, the show.
0: Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the, the show. show. Uh, we welcome you in on this uh, beautiful, uh, we record a Tuesday afternoons here on the uh, West Coast here. But uh, but Matt Harmon, uh, I, I've, I've been tro- scrolling your uh, Instagram. Looks like you're very close to moving into your new pad, man. I'm excited for you.
2: Yeah, hopefully the folks that, you know, see clips on uh, social media, see, uh, you know, the, the obviously on the YouTube channel. Hopefully they won't have to be looking at this uh, closet door for, <laughs> for too much longer. I'm hoping by our next episode next week. Uh, yeah, yeah. My wife and I are fully uh, moved into the house. It's a little bit of a slow process, but uh, I'm looking, I am you know, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward for this being over and uh, you know, um, ah, yeah, just looking forward looking forward to like fully actually being in the house and having the, like being done with this move. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, could, I always talk about James. I could use a few more extra hours in the day, I'm really feeling it right now. Could you use a few more (laughs) extra hours in the day?
0: Uh, The Closet Cast will come to an end very shortly here, but uh, we do have a great show uh, in front of us here today. Three players we're going to hit on, DeAndre Hopkins, Gabe Davis, and uh, Michael Pittman, who I think if you go look at this man's profile, a lot of folks will be very surprised uh, by how he graded out in 2022. Michael Pittman is such a perfect example of why you need this subscription to receptionperception.com because, man, you talk about like getting rid of all the noise um, and just isolating wide receiver play. Michael Pittman, man, you, you're, you're going to be impressed uh, if you listen to this episode. All right, but I want to kind of start off here with New Copkins. Um, it's been, to be honest with you, it's been a little bit of disgusting theater. Uh, that's the term I use when I, when I look at what New Copkins is doing uh, with New England oh. and, and especially Tennessee. Because it's like, yo, can we not get DeAndre Hopkins on either one of those that's that's not what we want. We don't want that, yeah, uh, and to and to be honest with you, it's like to me, it's this man is screaming out to the chiefs and the bills, please make me a competitive offer, and let's go. I think that's what he was doing. By going to Tennessee and New England saying this is my value because these are the two teams um, that are going to make me offers and they're in, you know, this, you know, X, Y, Z range. Right. And so he's saying, listen, I'm not signing for one point five million or whatever it is, whatever the vet minimum, I'm I'm not doing that. You know, he's begging the chiefs. He's begging the bills to make him a competitive offer so he can go over there. I don't know. That's just my thought. That's just my thought.
2: Uh, yeah, look, there's a lot going on here. I think, number one, uh, you know, I think that, that – stick with the Chiefs because I think the Bills could – I mean, I, I don't know, right? Like, I, I think if you look at the two teams, the team that, that needs a receiver like Hopkins more is the Chiefs because the Bills – I mean they got a thing going on with Stefan Diggs right now but yeah. whatever that is he's probably going to be on the field from week 1 to week 18 for this team or whenever their right. season stops you know in the in the post most likely and they already so they already have an elite receiver they have a guy in Gabe Davis we're going to talk about and like some other you know intriguing options he would obviously make them better but yeah the the Chiefs could really use an outside receiver as we've talked about but the Chiefs can also look back at Hopkins and be like okay well you had some time on your hands last season when you weren't playing the full season, you know, from a suspension. And then, you know, there was injuries. You had some right. time to notice that we won the Super Bowl, right? Without <laughs> without a top <laughs> line receiver. So we're not going to – whatever you want, we're probably not going to pay you. And I do think Hopkins wants – like, look, and, and I don't really – I don't get into the, oh, let me make a judgment on his decision to chase the bag instead of the ring – I couldn't yeah. really give a damn. Like, do whatever you want, bro. Like, and he's, I think, clearly saying, like, I'm not going to just go, I'd be nice to win a Super Bowl ring, but I'm not going to do it for, you know, like a, a, a mercenary type contract. I would like to make yeah. uh, some money off the name and, and resume and career that has been Correct. DeAndre Hopkins. And it's probably his last chance to do it. So, look, if he wants to go and, you know, get the bag with either the Titans or the Patriots, I understand it. It is, um, it's dis- it is a little like oh god i mean the titans sur- the, but, but then again james both of those teams do need a player like hopkins right like the everyone patriots everyone in the need- nfl needs
0: a player like hopkins i mean that's the thing you know sure
2: sure yeah because there are other teams like i think the giants should be in this mix uh just because mm-hmm. We ha- know they have a glut of slot receivers. They even have like an outside receiver, in Isaiah Hodgins, who had some success when they used him in the slot as the- in the playoffs. I think that could be interesting, but they don't have a true like high level starting outside receiver. I think the lions, I can't understand other than like a culture fit perspective. We know he doesn't want to practice and maybe that's not what, what Dan Campbell wants to do. I can't right. understand why the lions haven't already gotten this deal done because they don't have <laughs> any really like any <laughs> pass nothing. catching options behind nothing. I'm on Ross St. Brown and Jameson Williams, who we know is suspended for the, for the first six weeks. So yep. there's even like dark horse teams that I think would make more sense than, or at least maybe be more exciting than Tennessee or new England. But I mean, yeah, Tennessee, look. I know the the initial response to seeing this visit is what they're shouldn't they be trying to like rebuild? Yo, Mike Redway ain't rebuilding. Okay, they they're, they're not rebuilding. That's, <laughs> that's not what's going no, what to happen. They're trying to win games, right? So yeah, I mean, I get it. It's definitely uh um it's definitely like okay, the Patriots, the the Titans. You know, he definitely would love the Bills or the 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 Chiefs. I've heard people theorize though, and I don't know if this is true, is totally unsubstantiated, but I've heard people theorize. Well, maybe. Like the Bills courting Hopkins so hard and, and, you know, having like Josh Allen go maybe go out of his way, like to call Hopkins or try to court him. Maybe that's part of what like Diggs is irritated about. I don't know that that's necessarily it, but I mean, it's, it's maybe it's true and maybe it ends up kind of putting the kibosh on the Hopkins to Bills thing. I definitely also think too that. The like last, last point here, I think that um, what I, I have heard other people saying I do believe is that when Odell Beckham got that like higher than expected per year, obviously on a one year deal, but per year yeah, salary yeah, yeah. even with incentives from the Ravens than what was expected, I think that put like well Hopkins doing well, hey this guy didn't play football last year and like I've been <laughs> I've had better peaks recently than for Odell sure. Beckham has I should at least be getting that and I think that's been a bit of problem uh, for the Bills and Chiefs type uh, teams for Hopkins.
0: Yeah, I would love to see either one of those teams make a competitive offer. And you know what, man? If we're going to just talk about theater, give me the Jets. Let like let the Jets just run into the mix <laughs> all of a sudden as well. And all of a sudden, we got Aaron Rodgers, Nuke Hopkins, Garrett Wilson just rolling around, man. Like, come on, give me some of that. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, here's the, here's the question for you, Matt. Uh, we're talking about an older wide receiver. Uh, he's entering his age 31 season here. Um, and generally Matt older wide receivers going to a new ball club, you know, historically they don't do that well. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, but sometimes players uh, obviously buck those trends is nuke one of those guys. I'll ask you this. Has his game slipped at all from what you've seen?
2: Well, his game has definitely slipped and I'll say this from a standpoint with perception, perception and and the thing that I'm least confident in using, this in using reception perception to say, because I've learned my lesson doing this over the years is, well, this guy, look at how good he was like beating man press coverage last year. Uh He'll still be good this year when he's getting towards like kind of the, the third, like the, that 30 year old barometer. I mean, look, I, I think that sometimes that can be true, but like, it might also be that the guy just hits a, hits a cliff, right? Uh For uh Des Bryant's a really good example that, um you know his i think it was 2000 was 2007 yeah 2016 right his reception perception data was still really really good but then he fell off a cliff in 2017. I mean, going from like 70 plus percent to sub 60% and the Cowboys cut him and his career was basically over. Like, I think he waited until November to sign with the saints that year. And then he tore his Achilles and it, you know, went off the, went off the rails from there. But yeah, I mean like that, that can happen for these guys. Like when the cliff comes, it can just go. So for Hopkins, it is, that's worth remembering. And And when I say that his game has slipped, like we're talking about a slip from, Elite, elite to, you know, very good last year in reception perception. Because like his 2018 to 2020, his 2020 run, even his 2017 season, he had an 87.1% success rate versus zone coverage. That's still, that's like one of the best scores ever charted, you know, in 2017. And then in 2020, uh, 2019 and really 2020, his his two years with Arizona there, or last year with Texans, and then with Arizona, incredible stuff. I mean, some of the best – um, you know, man coverage scores like 77% versus man in 2019, 76.5% uh, 2020 success rate versus man coverage, good against zone, really good against press. Like his last two years in 2021 and 2022, 70.2% success rate versus man, 72.2% success rate versus man in those last two years, still 72% around uh, there against press coverage as well. So that is certainly a slip. But again, it's slipping from like elite to, I think Hopkins would be like probably a one B type of receiver at best, but like really I'd love to see him. I mean, the Buffalo one makes a lot of sense. Cause I think he would yeah. be great across from like an elite receiver. But I oh, just yeah. think from a dynamics perspective, you know, what are we talking about there? Like is Hopkins, like Hopkins still, still clearly sees himself as like a very valuable player. Like, is he going to be okay if he's getting like five, six targets and like Stefan Diggs is getting 12 to 13. Cause clearly like, that's what Stefan Diggs wants. Right. So yeah. that's the, that's sort of the thing. I think, from uh where he is at this point in his career. I think he has slipped from his peak. Obviously, I think the last two years he was still a good player when viewed in isolation. I mean, even last year he was still getting a lot of targets and getting and was very oh, yeah. productive. Like I think he can still separate. He's always been a little bit underrated as a route runner, you know, just because he's such a good contested catch player. It's just like when is that cliff gonna happen? We've already seen a slight decline. And I think that's where people are worried. But yeah, last year he was certainly a guy that could still get open at a pretty good high level.
0: You talk about him uh, being an elite player in that 2019 2020 season you know you chart him in that 77 uh, percent success rate versus man range in 2019 and 2020 and then in 2021 he goes from 77-ish percent down to about 70 percent we did see a little bit of an uptick here in 2022 according to the uh, according to the charting going from 70 percent in 2021 to 72 percent in 2022 so that gives me a little bit of hope and i tell you this uh, as well matt just watching a play guys i i thought he looked i thought he looked great you know the the quarterback situation was was abysmal again uh for him it's like how many years can this man just run run out there with just you know, subpar quarterbacks, but he's out there doing his thing. I, I really liked what I saw, you know, uh, is there a slippage mm-hmm. from what you said from an elite player? Yeah, of course, right? Like he was 30 years old. Now he's going to be 31. Uh, but I don't think he's at that cliff yet, to your point. I, I totally agree with you. I just don't see him completely falling off. It's in the realm of possibility, but man, I would say that probability is pretty low.
2: Yeah, I think I'd bet against it too. Uh, you know, I've seen people say like, oh, he doesn't separate anymore. You know, again, maybe that's what happens next year. But I think when you watch him the last two years, even if he hasn't had the same high level production because of injuries, suspensions and stuff like that, you know, I, I just think that we've, I think we've still seen a really good player when viewed in isolation the last two seasons, even if there's been some level of drop off. And I, I think he would really help a team, you know, he's a guy that because he's a good route runner, right? Again, it's it's I think he's always gotten a little underrated in that regard because he's been such a absolute menace in like 50-50 <laughs> ball situations. You know, right. he is he's probably one of the best contested catch receivers or, you know, uh tight coverage receivers that we've seen in ever and, and it's always funny. Yeah, I think ever. I think ever is fair to say. And it's always funny with these guys because people assume, well, he's making catches with guys, you know, near him, he's he's probably He's not separating. Well, what did you just say about the quarterback play that he's dealt with in his career? (laughs) It's been an absolute disaster. Yeah, you think those guys are not throwing him into contested situations or just like... (laughs) All right, All right. Hey, this is not the perfect breakpoint in the route, but I just have to rifle at the Hopkins here because I got to get rid of this thing because I'm, you know, TJ Yates or in Ryan Mallet or insert, you know, whatever Texans quarterback or, <laughs> or Trace McSorley or Colt McCoy last year, you know, I oh. think that ball's getting there at like the perfect time. I don't think so, <laughs> you know, so I, I think that he can really still offer a lot to a team. And, and, you know, I th- that's why the Giants uh, one is intriguing to me just because. Hey it really would be great for Daniel Jones like all right the play breaks down a little bit instead of me like battering ramming myself as a as a scrambler like what if yeah. i had a guy that was my backside x receiver like and i know is going to be open on that dig route or even if he's not open and i got to get rid of the ball in chaos he's going to make it. that catch Just right throw it, you know yeah. i think that that's why it makes sense i don't know I, but but yeah i mean I don't know if you want to talk about what it would look like on Tennessee or what it would look like in New England, but uh, God, no, you know, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean, there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, a little bit more chemistry, I think, to be had in New England. You know, he's got Bill O'Brien there. Mac Jones is an up and coming. Uh, Is that chemistry,
2: I, him and Bill O'Brien? Yeah, right, I, right, right. <laughs> Didn't end that's on right. like the, the most right. rosy note. Uh, no, yeah, in, that's in, right. in Houston, between those days, yeah, cause, yeah. You remember,
0: uh, remember JJ Watt and Nuke were just taking parting shots at Bill O'Brien uh, when they could. Man, it was crazy. Uh, but uh, Mac Jones, I think you know, from a quarterback perspective. I'd be a little bit more excited about uh, Mac Jones uh, from afar anyways, than than an aging Ryan Tannehill and whatever, you know, second, third round quarterbacks they've got behind Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? So um, I'd be a little bit more excited about that. I want to go back to the bills thing though. Um, You know, for whatever reason, Arizona actually did move him around uh, a, li- a lot more, mm-hmm. especially in Cliff's offense. for God's sakes, I mean, this is a guy that was lining up like 90% outside, 95% outside. Oh, and then God. last year he, he was, you know, uh, 25% lined up inside. Um, you know, and, and when I look at Steph Diggs too, it's similar, you know, uh, in terms of profile, you know, 70, about 75 to 78% outside. And, you know, the rest is inside, right? So, there I think there's room for them for both of those guys to be able to play inside outside and just move around the formation if they want to get a little bit more creative there in Buffalo I think that would help them considerably um and again maybe one day maybe one game it's Steph Diggs taking home 15 targets but I could easily see a situation where if Nuke goes to Buffalo There'll be games where he sees 12 to 15 targets too, because that's just what the coverage is dictating at that point. It's it really becomes a pick your poison type of situation. I would love to see him go to Buffalo. Um, look, the best fit for me, I think, is in Kansas City. You, you get to play Patrick Mahomes, they just won a Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, they're 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 one of the Super Bowl favorites. Um, and I think Andy Roode will figure out a way to go get the ball into New Hopkins' hands. That'd be the ideal fit. But it'd be a lot of fun. To see him go to Buffalo, and how about if he ends up being the piece that pushes them over the top? He would get a lot more credit in that scenario. Um, if we're talking about you know the outside looking in and all the narratives and you know all the stories surrounding uh, the various teams, uh, certainly if he was that missing piece that threw him over the top, I mean,
2: that's pretty good. You know what I mean? That's true, and and in both places, you know, he would be sort of the second fiddle, you know, because Kansas City still has Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have to be the center of uh, both the offensive and defensive attention there. You're right about Diggs. Like, obviously, his RP profile is not up on the site yet. He's one of the many guys. You know, I'm staring down the deadline of early July for for kind of these veterans <laughs> and shaking in my boots yeah. as to how I'm going to get all this work done. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but for for Diggs, yeah, they they do move him around so much to get him in favorable spots, like. He could and when in situations where they want to have Stefan Diggs be like a true ex receiver and like, hey, you're gonna line up against press man coverage. Obviously he does that, you know, because he's gr- he's a great route runner. He's one of the top five receivers in the game. He can do that stuff. But then they love to use him as a flanker and like move him around pre-snap and get him into good spots. That's awesome. Love to see that. So that would make sense as is as, as you know, we're gonna talk Gabe Davis here in a second. Like Hopkins can step into that X receiver role that Gabe Davis has, and he, he's a different player than than Gabe Davis. So they would complement each other really well and obviously yeah in Kansas City it's just they could use an outside receiver that you know they can count on from a from a separation standpoint in like the 15 right. yard and under game like he would be that guy that it gives them a little bit more versatility there but yeah i think Hopkins is just a really fascinating player because i just don't really know i mean no one seems to really know what his like priorities are does he want to to win a ring with Oh, Kansas City, or does he want to be the piece that pushes Buffalo over the top? Does he want to get one last payday? Because I think if you're Hopkins, like, hey, I sign a two, maybe I sign a two year deal or a one year deal with New England and or t- Tennessee, and it's like a lot of money. You know, um, I get my, my cash in one last time and he has like an okay whatever type of year well then he just signs the prove it deal with one of these two teams next year right like right maybe that's maybe that's how he's thinking about it but yeah i think a team like i really think a team like new york i really think a team like uh, detroit should get in the mix here and um because i think they're missing an x receiver right now and he's yeah, yeah, still yeah. even if he's declining he's still if you're talking about just pure x receiver rankings i think he's probably still one of the five <laughs> like, best x receivers in the nfl right now just like pure x type guys
3: It's Reception, Reception, the show. now. James Cole and
2: Matt Harmon.
0: All right, let's talk about Gabe Davis. We'll stay with Buffalo here. This is a guy that had 98 targets last year, 48 receptions, such a horrible uh, conversion rate. I mean, hes I know he's being asked to run deeper routes, but still. Uh, 8.36 uh, in terms of yardage and then seven touchdowns. Um, yards per reception for Gabe Davis. So you knew what you're getting with Gabe, right? Like we're going in over the top and he's going to catch long balls. And uh, that is what Gabe Davis does. Uh, But when you take a look at what, you know, his separation scores and all this kind of stuff, Matt, it's just, look, people were expecting him to take a step forward. He took a step back.
2: Yeah, I think he just is what he is. You know, uh, this is actually a player that I think, um, reception perceptions like been dead on about basically mm-hmm. since he got into the NFL because you know that first year if you remember he had a couple moments in like the playoff game or uh, I think against the Colts where he caught these like awesome you know yeah. sideline passes and like he started kind of popping late towards the season when like John Brown got hurt and people like oh is Gabe Davis like going to take next step. it's like well I think they actually and they remember they brought in Emmanuel Sanders that year and basically I was like you know they sh- they're right based on. Gabe Davis absolutely can play, right? Like he can burn, he can win downfield, and he can win in tight, like contested situations. Like that's a, that's a role player in the NFL. He has a role to play in the NFL. But their base was I mean, so like they should bring in a vet to hedge their bets. And they did. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders, and he was basically in 2021 kind of like the guy for the first maybe 70% of the season. And then things started to shift towards Gabe. Right. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. And then he started doing Gabe Davis things. He won downfield. He won in contested situations, and he was good in that role. And then obviously the four-touchdown playoff game happens, and like – I really wonder what our discourse would be about Gabe Davis if that game never happened. Or, by the way, James, if people watched that game, like if they actually watched what happened in that game, like he scored four touchdowns, 100 percent. You don't score four touchdowns without having a good game and also having like defenders fall over in the secondary and like, oh, yeah. OK, so, So you know, there was a lot of that going on, too. And then obviously last year, the the take with Gabe was same thing Can win deep. He can win in situations. But I don't know if we're 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 getting a little over our skis with like fantasy drafters taking him in the top 20 receivers, taking him in like the top five rounds. It, it's, it's like, well, he's the number two receiver for you know for Josh Allen. But is he really a number two receiver? Is he real? and I don't think he is. I think he is a, a good role player, but I don't think he is a guy that like look, thir- 24th percentile success rate versus man last year. Like you mentioned, mm. he's never cleared the 35th percentile and success rate versus man zone or press coverage in his first year in his second year nor in his third year it's never happened like I think he just is who he is and that's not a again that's not a bad player it's just it's a limited application role player and I think Buffalo bet on him taking a jump he just like you said he didn't take that jump he was a little bit worse as a separator but I don't I think that's more so that they I think that's more so that they asked him to be a real number two receiver and like run more routes and run more difficult routes. And you know not even just necessarily like deeper routes or anything, but just we're, I'm talking about difficult routes for him, like running more in-breaking routes. That's not the stuff right. he's really going to do. He's going to be more of a downfield burner. So I, it, I don't think Gabe is a bad player. I think he just, you know, he is what he is. And I think the idea that he's going to take another step is silly. And last thing too, the first thing people say, is, well, he had a high ankle sprain to begin last year, and that dogged him all last year. Okay. Uh, Okay. But, like, number one, (laughs) in the games that I sampled, I I took the week one game. By the way, watch the touchdown he scored in that week one game. I remember the victory laps about Gabe Davis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, after that week one game. When they, like, Yep, yep. The entire defense came, the entire Rams defense comes forward and they leak Gabe Davis down the field. He's completely uncovered. Okay. And then he gets the high ankle sprain and like people are po- posting clips of him turning slowly in his routes. We've been doing that his entire career. Like I didn't sample <laughs> any game for after week one until he had that like blow up game against Pittsburgh. I didn't take in any games there. If you're telling me that he was just bothered by this ankle sprain his entire year, His success rates look the exact same from his first two seasons. Like I don't really think that's a viable excuse. It's tough for me to square that he just has a high ankle sprain the entire year. But, oh, by the way, he scores and runs similarly to his first two seasons. That doesn't make any
0: sense to me. Um, You talk about the trends here and maybe trying to take a step forward instead of a step back Uh, versus man, 57% success rate. Uh, and then a 64% success rate going from year one to year two. So 57, 64, and then 61.6% in year three. Similar story versus zone, 72% success rate his rookie year, 75% success rate in 2021. And then he goes from 75% to 71% success rate versus zone. Again, a 10th percentile score. We're not asking... I don't think the Bills are asking him to just be, you know, a, a high-level technician for, for what they ask him to do. A lot of clear, there's a bunch of clear out routes, you know. But again, 10th percentile versus zone, that's just not going to get the job done, Matt.
2: No, it it's makes Buffalo's offense very boomer bust, very, you know, Stefan Diggs-centric, right? Like we the conversation around Gabe Davis has gone from like his fantasy ADP and like the expectations being so steamed up to last year. Yeah. To now, the 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 first thing people say about Buffalo's offense is well, they need more that beyond Stefan Diggs, and yeah, um, it's like
0: wait a second, what happened here?
2: <laughs> what happened? Right? Well, I think that it's just yeah. they expected too much out of this player, and and look, like small fluctuations uh, in success rates like that. I mean, because that's not really that big of a fluctuation, right? Like going from sixty four to sixty one point six percent, it's definitely it's a step back, but it's a it's a small bit. It's just like that's the territory that's he, that he's in, and you know, I always say these guys you know, like Mike Williams, you know, is he a number one receiver? I think it's tough to be a true number one when you're kind of like an average separator, you know, when you're kind of like a mm-hmm. maybe slightly above average separator, like a Mike Williams type of guy it just makes you very low percentage. And this guy's like Gabe Davis, like sub 35th percentile for all the players sampled in reception perception history. It's just, I, I think you can get value out of those players. Like, a, uh, I I mean, like MVS, right? Like MVS is a valuable role player for both the Packers and the Chiefs, but nobody's trying to funnel like 100 targets a year to MVS or nobody's like, oh, let's draft MVS because he's Pat- Patrick Mahomes' whatever number receiver in, in what you know whatever round of fantasy or something like that. So it, it just – like he's – but he's still a decent player to have around, and Gabe Davis is a decent player to have around. It's just like you got to contextualize these guys in the right way. I think that both – The fantasy community, especially the fantasy community, but even the bills like kind of overextended and overstretched um, where he like where Gabe Davis could go as a player. So you mentioned these small
0: fluctuations, and I think you're 100 percent right. There they are small fluctuations. But let me put it to you this way. If he had gone the other direction and he goes two percent, three percent the other way, he goes two percent, three percent north. Now we're starting to talk about a, a player who looks a lot. A lot like Mike Williams and Mike Williams, yeah, that's true. Mike Williams as a number two receiver in this offense, that guy's yeah. making plays. You know what I mean? That's yeah, exactly that, yeah. the kind of player this offense needs right now. Right. But Gabe Davis went the other direction. So, so I, I think that's why when you, when you take a look at a player like Gabe going into again, year three and that, that, that was part of the narrative too. year three breakout could be this guy could be Gabe Davis. It just wasn't that dude, right? Like, and again, as you mentioned, yeah, it's a small fluctuation, but it was a small negative fluctuation, you know, and instead of a small positive one. And in that little difference is yeah. all the difference in the world when you're talking about one, two, five, ten 10 plays in a season, man, you know, um, those, those change fortunes in the NFL. You know what I mean? So uh, that's what we're talking about when we talk about Gabe Davis.
2: And you're, you're so right. Um, because you know, yeah, you're looking at it's it like 68 percent or something like that for for Gabe Davis. Like that would be you know 67 or something like that percent success rate versus man. It's small numbers, but it's like the, yeah, that's that's kind of the Mike Williams. Like I'm looking at Mike Williams 2020 uh, season, 67.7 percent success rate versus man. Like if we're looking at that for Gabe Davis, we're feeling we're feeling pretty good about him. But yeah, we you know, are. I think it just sort of soli- it lo- sort of solidified where he is on the X receiver access that we talk about all the time, like these vertical right. X receivers, um, you know, maybe more towards that kind of uh, George Pickens zone, uh, the the Corey Davis zone of like X receivers, um, which are not, I mean, George Pickens, right? Like he's a young player. Maybe he takes another step, but this is kind of, this is kind of what I always say with reception, perception data. And like, it's very stable. Usually guys like are who they are. Um, we don't see a lot of players taking these like big, big, massive, massive leaps, you know, throughout the course of their career. So I think it's sort of solidified where Gabe Davis is on that sort of, uh, X receiver access that maybe he's more in that, like Corey Davis zone, not a bad player, but mm-hmm. you know, we're not talking about Gabe Davis being or like uh, Corey Davis being one of the stars of the NFL, you know, um. I'm not going to say Devontae Parker because we talk about him all the time, but you know, this is like, that's that's sort of that (laughs) axis of X receivers where he's, uh, where he's, where he's maybe filing into.
0: Can we, can we throw Marvin Jones into that Devontae Parker mix? Sure. I feel
2: like that's a, that's
0: a good, that's a good player to, um, to say, okay, this is a player that can have a long career in the NFL. Uh, I don't consider it to be an insult when, when you say a player is going to be a Marvin Jones or a Devontae Parker. This is, not some guy that's gonna play in the league two years and just be flame out. It's like nah you could compile or cobble together eight nine seasons in the end of, that's that's a that's a plus
2: that's success,
0: man. that's good,
2: yeah, and um, there's always some level by the way of uh <laughs> of of selection bias when we talk about these guys for reception perception um because I'm not sampling. The, the bottom of every roster, you know, nope. uh, I'm not sampling like every single receiver in the NFL. Cause I've got, I mean, I'm allegedly supposed to have a life. So, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but so just for that, like sense, it's like, Oh, and you see this guy, uh, you know, I, I see people like, well, how can he have never? How can he get this level of production, but never be open?" Well, he didn't have a zero percent success rate versus coverage, right? Like he, he's 60, 60 something percent <laughs> is still more than fifty percent. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah well, whenever we're talking about these guys, we're talking about Gabe Davis and, and these Marvin Jones types, and these, I mean, even like a Chase Claypool type of player, like you know. I don't know. These guys are fine. I mean, they're they're like NFL players. Marvin Jones had some really good years in the right circumstances, and yeah. maybe Gabe. The funny thing about Gabe Davis, like Gabe Davis, is like what a fourth, fifth round pick, and mm-hmm. for him to have like 800 yards and, a, and seven touchdowns, like hey, that's doing pretty good for a, a fourth round pick. It's just trying to uh, trying to find ways to properly put that, and I think, like yeah, he was a wide receiver too for the Buffalo Bills last year, and as a fourth round pick with this skill set. He had 837 yards and seven touchdowns, was a bit, not to a bit, I would say pretty boom-bust as a player, okay? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. fine. It just you still have to have the skill set. You can't yeah. just be out there on the field. You also have to have the skill set.
0: Now get 0% APR or up to
2: 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit That's hello slash sale. That's com slash sale and book your free consult today.
2: This is Reception Reception the Show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon.
0: A player that I feel like is an underrated player. Drake London is underrated, but in a similar, well, I guess similar bill, similar school, similar same school, as a matter of fact. Michael Pittman for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, A bit of an underrated player, in my opinion. You know, I I watch him play. The guys, I I, I love what he brings to the table. I really do. 74% success rate versus man. He's 79th percentile versus man. 82nd percentile versus zone. 95th percentile versus press coverage. And and again, Matt, I, I mean, I want you to preach because it's like, yo, this tool, reception, perception, again, isolates wide receiver play from the horrific quarterback play that the Indianapolis Colts were thrown out there uh, for Michael Pittman, man. But 99 receptions, just a shy, uh, just one shy of 100, uh, 925 through the air and four touchdowns for Michael Pittman.
2: Yeah, it's so funny. I mean. Talk about the consistency of reception perception. Michael Pittman, 2021, 74.3% success success rate versus man. 2022, 74.2%. 2021 (laughs) for zone, 83.7%. In 2022, 82.5%. In 2021, uh, 82.2% success rate versus press. 81.6% success rate versus press. I mean, he's been the same guy the last two years. By the way, those are all really, really, really good scores. For Michael Pittman that's like yeah I mean that I mean that's up there that is up there in terms of the receivers in the league right now and Pittman definitely like he runs a lot of slant routes dig routes curl routes 27 27 of his routes sampled for reception perception last year were slant um, but a lot of that was the quarterback that he was playing with you know can we get a quarterback right. to meet Michael Pittman in the middle can like please is that too much to ask for you no know, Carson Wentz in 2021 Right. Like all of those reception perception success rates that I I read off there it's like he was leaving so much meat on the bone at, with Michael Pittman as a short to intermediate over the middle route runner like yep. but he was getting he was a, getting the best out of him from like a dump a jump ball standpoint like deep down the field go win 50-50 balls And then with Matt Ryan, it was like the complete opposite. You know, it was only the short little dinky dunky stuff. And he was never pushing the ball downfield to Michael Pittman in contested situations. So, what we have to hope for for Anthony Richardson is just that he's the guy that can develop into a high level quarterback and meet Michael Pittman in the middle. Cause I mean, yeah, this guy is absolutely on, you know, the Allen Robinson trajectory of, uh, man, he's a really, really good player. But when is the quarterback play ever going to measure up? And, is it, is it going to catch up to a point where it's too late that we're, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're still so early in Michael Pittman's career, but I agree with you. I think right now, if you're talking about the most underrated receivers in the NFL, I think Michael Pittman has to be one of the first few names I, I, I mentioned because I think he's a true number one receiver.
0: Agreed. I, I mean, that's, I think that's where it really comes down to. It's like people think he's a good player, uh, but I, I look at these numbers and where he wins, especially again, I always harp on the intermediate area of the field. This guy wins in the intermediate area of the field and he wins well. Um, And to me, this guy is an absolute 100% stud. Number one wide receiver for sure. And I don't think people talk about him that way. I think people say, yeah, Pittman, he's a good player. You know, he's a good player. I just think he is, again, if he could get some level of quarterback play, he could really make that jump into the conversation of
2: great player totally agree and it is because of the separation ability you know and Pittman's interesting too because he's another guy that um, could be a prototypical X receiver. But sort of like what we talked about with Stefan Diggs where they like to use him as a flanker to get him off the line of scrimmage to move him around pre-snap. You know, Pittman lined up outside last year in his game sample for reception-perception on 70.8% of his sampled snaps. He was off the line, though, for 60.2%. We talked about Alec Pierce, I think, a few episodes ago. is like mm-hmm. he is just tethered at that X receiver position. On the line, not moving around. That is, that is Alec Pierce. And I think because of that, it, it allows more flexibility with uh michael pittman and, and yeah it's that stuff over the middle that makes him such a good player i mean i talk about he runs a lot of slants curls and digs well look at his success rate on those slants curls and digs he gets open man but then he also gets open on post routes corner routes now he's definitely not like a nine route separator he's not going to be a guy that's going to stack and shed you and, and you like burn you with speed down the field he's right. not going to be that guy which Maybe is what some people will hold against him, but he is a good ball winner. He is a good contested catcher. So, you know, right. His contested catch rate in twenty twenty one was eighty five point seven percent, and last year, wow. it was career low, career low seventy point six percent last year. And that's really not bad. That's like if you are over seventy percent mm-hmm. contested catcher, you are doing pretty good for yourself. So um, Pittman, I, you know, there were some mistakes and like small stuff last year that you could nitpick him on. But I mean, that operation that Indianapolis was running out last year was just. <laughs> An absolute train wreck, and the guy still caught ninety nine passes. It's just, man, I I think he profiles as a legit number one alpha receiver. And I again, yeah, I'm with you that I don't think people talk about him that way. It's like the Colts have a good setup at receiver Uh, with with Michael Pittman at one. You know, Alec Pierce is like a sort of in that Gabe Davis mold, right? Like, but Mm -hmm. I think maybe a little bit better of a player long term is Alec Pierce because he can he can separate a little bit better on like slants and stuff like that. But, but, and then they have Josh Downs as a slot and they have all these hulking tight ends. I I really think Michael Pittman, though, is the guy that, you know, people can nitpick Anthony Richardson for, you know, some misses and stuff, work in the intermediate area. You know, he's got to get better there, of course, but I think he's got it. I think he's got the tools to really be the guy that unlocks Michael Pittman.
0: That would be great. I mean, that would really be great. Um, and again, I, I just think he wins at, in that intermediate area so well. And so often, Hey, can you talk about that? Uh, by the way, a little bit. So, uh, you mentioned, uh, plays about 30% of his, uh, snaps inside as an inside wide receiver. Um, you wouldn't necessarily expect that from a guy who's, you know, six, four, six, five, and a great contested catch person. Um, Usually when you see these guys, these big, you know, hulking wide receivers, they're generally on the outside, almost exclusively playing 30% inside, I think tells you a little bit about what the coaching staff felt like he could do as a route runner, again, lining up inside and asking him to run all these different kinds of routes.
2: Yeah, like they... I think they really love him as almost like an over the middle slasher type. Like, if you rewind to like our conversations going into last year uh, about Michael Pittman's reception perception profile, I, I sort of said that he was kind of a cross between Allen Robinson and and Keenan Allen. You know, at their yep. peaks, I think he's that type of player. Like, again, the body type that Keenan Allen is. I mean, Keenan Allen actually, I think people would be surprised. Like Keenan Allen, you know. He, he, He's like a route runner, he's a separator, he's a technician. The guy's still 6'2, 211. You know, <laughs> Michael Pittman, like he's right. not a, he's not a little receiver, you know. Michael no, Pittman no, too. And and big boy. And Alan Robinson. No, Allen Robinson apparently is going to get used uh uh in the slot a lot for the Steelers this year, which I think is is probably a good skill, you know, good place for him to be. I think he was a little kind of miscast as the Rams ex receiver at this point in his career. Um, you know, and, and so he and he sort of was used as in those big slot like over the middle routes a little bit more for the Bears than people remember when he was having his good years under Matt Nagy. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
2: you look at Michael Pittman, he's 6'4", over 220. Like, these guys that are big receivers that you can use inside or off the line of scrimmage, like situationally, they can give you some really good years uh, and really good plays because of their route running ability. I think Pittman is a really underrated route runner, underrated, like, technician. I mean, just again, you look at his... Success rate on slants eighty three point nine percent, curl eighty one point one percent, dig eighty percent success rate on the digs. Like, I think he's got a lot of skills to be that Keenan Allen type of route runner. Those are the routes that like Keenan Allen was just thumping dudes on uh, early yeah. on in his career.
0: I mean, again, these are all in breaking routes too. And you meant, I mean, the post route eighty three point three percent success rate on the post. It's like, come on, man, this guy. Anything that's in breaking, what are you gonna do? What you can't stop this man. You know what I'm talking about? 6'4", 220, he breaks inside on you with good feet. Forget about it. Forget about it. You can't stop Michael Pittman on these in-breaking routes. You can't do it. And I I tell you what, you start doing that, you start shading inside, he starts going outside on you with a great contestant with those hands? Are you kidding me? Come on, bro. This guy is an absolute matchup nightmare. Can they find a quarterback to unlock what he does? That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, in 2023 let michael pittman eat boy let him eat i would love to
2: see that one thing i've seen people say uh for like Dynasty specifically is that he might be a guy and look this can all go to hell because you know maybe anthony richardson comes out and has like a 400 yard passing debut like remember cam newton did uh-huh. um in, in his rookie year and you know and then like this is over but you know, historically we've seen rookie quarterbacks not be the guy to like unlock a veteran receiver that needs unlocking like a Michael Pittman type of guy but yep. maybe by like midway of Anthony Richardson's rookie year that's when you go out and you trade for Michael Pittman because like oh, he's not producing right now like it's just probably never going to happen you know but like I'd argue that it like really already has happened is like a 80 a thousand yards in his second season with Carson freaking Wentz and the 99 catches with Matt whatever was left of Matt Ryan and nick Fo- nick falls they played nick Foles in the year 2022 so like i think that might be the time to then go and get pitman in the middle of anthony richardson rookie season so maybe richardson has better games in the second half of the year and like that's really when he's just going to be like the least valuable in terms of his dynasty stock i think that kind of makes sense i've seen a few people yeah. in our discord suggest that and hey that's why like our discord's it. full of smart people
0: I like it. I like it. All right. So there you go. That's your show, man. Uh, But again, I would strongly encourage folks to go check out the website, receptionperception.com. If it's your first time listening to the show, we very much appreciate you. And I tell you what, man, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast as well, wherever you get uh, all of your shows. All right. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you.